I'm just going to sip my tea. Yeah, sure. Oh, man. What do I want to say first? Hmm. Do the intro, bro. <laughs> Hi. This is I Had No Idea with Nicholas Kwan and Jacob Heck. Hello, everyone. Yeah, welcome to our podcast. Uh, I had no idea. Welcome, Jacob. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm, a co- like... I'm a co-host. <laughs> yeah, you're a co-host. You're not a you're, guest. You're making me sound like I'm a guest. Oh, uh, d- did I make you sound like a guest? Okay, maybe or... I did that. I did that to myself. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. Okay, yeah. So uh, Jacob is a co-host, not a guest, and this podcast is about diving deeper into our curiosities and questions that we didn't bother ever digging into, but we want to dig into them now, learn about it and share it with the rest of you. Yeah. So, uh, how are you today, by the way? I'm doing all right. Doing better than last week for sure. Okay, cool. Me too. Uh, I feel fully recovered from my Mm -hmm. like month long cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I discovered yesterday when I visited the doctor that I actually am allergic to my Canada goose jacket. What? So, yeah, it's like the fur and the feathers. Um, (laughs) What kind of reaction do you get? Just like mild irritation, what I usually get from dogs, which I'm very allergic to. Right, right. But I didn't think it would apply to the coyote fur on Canada Goose Jackets because uh, it's technically the dander that I'm allergic to. Right. And there wouldn't be any dander found on the coyote fur. Yeah, especially after they process yeah, and I've had this jacket for mm-hmm. nine years now. Right. Yeah, and I've never had a problem. But this year, I just noticed that I constantly had a runny nose. Like, right. my throat was always irritated. My eyes even got a little itchy. And yeah, I think yesterday, we finally determined that I am probably allergic to my jacket. Oh, man. Yeah. So That's so problem. weird. Is yeah. it, are you sure it's not like you left your jacket on the floor and a, in someone's house who has a dog? No, I never do that. I hate that. Okay. I don't like putting my things on okay, okay. most floors. Right. Yeah, I hate that. Anyways, yeah. So today I thought it was very topical to mm. talk about bushfires. I thought it'd be good to revisit something that I feel that most of the world has already forgotten about. And this is something that absolutely dominated the news cycle at the beginning of 2020. Right. Because it was such a huge tragedy. And it actually continues to be a tragedy for the country of Australia. And I'm talking about bushfires. And I don't know about you, but personally, when this was in the news, I had a lot of questions about bushfires because it's, apparently it's an annual thing for mm, Australia. Mm, I didn't it's, know that. Yeah, it's just that it's never been quite so uh, bad I see, I see. as this year's. Um, and because this is a somewhat regular occurrence for the country, I just got curious about how bushfires start. So I thought it'd be pretty interesting to revisit this topic today and learn how bushfires are started, how they spread, and ask the question that may have been on a lot of people's minds at the time, and it's, is this due to climate change? So yeah, that's my topic. What about you, Jacob? My topic, just small backstory, ever since I was a kid, for as long as I can remember, and even now, I guess, part of my shower routine is to use a a Q-tip or a cotton swab when I'm done. Yeah, me too. And I've always felt weird like not using a cotton swab after a shower just because I could feel the inside of my ears like being wet and mm-hmm. I, I just didn't like that. Right. Um, when I was a kid, my mom used to lay me down on my side and she would like pick 
my ear. I don't know if she did that with you, but she would pick like the dry earwax out of my ear. My mom used to do that for me when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. with like that wooden stick with like the little yeah, curve yeah, yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt really nice. Exactly, exactly. It, there would be like huge chunks of <laughs> what, like flakes, but it was like always satisfying. So satisfying, yeah. Right. Especially when it was like huge. Yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. came out and you just looked at it on like the tissue. And you were, <laughs> like, so and you, and you were like proud. <laughs> yeah. You are proud that like you, uh, I was always proud that I had more than my brother. What? We were like, oh, Actually, you know what? I think my brother and I were the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Which is well, weird. Good for you guys. It's like a dirtiness contest. Yeah. 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 Nasty. And anyways, <laughs> I remember hearing um, somewhere that you're actually not supposed to stick anything down your ear. False. And the con swab is just always for the outside of your ear. And and so I just wanted to get to the bottom of like what earwax was generally. Um, if cleaning your ear was a good idea and maybe like debunk this myth if it is a myth Um, and so tell us what you think maybe earwax is and should we be cleaning our ear is it okay to clean our ear i guess it is a combination of oil dirt and dead skin and i think depending on your genetics it can come out dry which is the case for a lot of asians or come out a little bit like slimier i guess or right yeah which is not so common in asians a lot more common in uh caucasian and Af- african americans wow. yeah yeah i think yeah, yeah yeah so um i'm i'm with you i'm guessing it's kind of like the it's similar to the eye crust that like forms around your eye yeah or even like the boogers right in your nose okay it's like not necessarily unhygienic yeah but it's just a product of your body trying to filter out like whatever's going in your ears, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I don't think there's any issues like clearing it. Just like how if you pick your your nose, maybe if you like pick it too hard and it bleeds, that's an issue. But if you're just like getting the boogers out, I think it's fine. Just getting some gold. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And my hearing's been fine up until this point. And so, yeah. Yeah, me too. Also, I don't use Q-tips for literally anything else. Yes. I do, I do use it when um, I get canker sores on my on my uh, lips okay and i use this thing called zolactin which like forms a coating over my canker sore mm. and it's really hard to do with just like my pinky, pinky? so okay, okay. con swab i use for that oh, yeah that's okay. the only other time i yeah. use a con swab right yeah okay I, i've never heard of that before in my life I, <laughs> I actually don't get a lot of canker sores that's why oh, well you're lucky yeah i always get them for some reason i'm always like i have a uh, overbite like my teeth are shaped mm, that way so i'm yeah. always like accidentally chunk, like ripping off a chunk of my lower lip nasty like, especially when i eat an apple or something and i'm just not being conscious of what i'm chewing what are you chewing oh yeah so you just know. like constantly have to be conscious of where your teeth are in relation to your mouth yeah and like chew slowly you should get that fixed I, i've tried oh i've got eight teeth pulled out and my teeth i still have Ooh. an overbite <laughs> oh my god eight teeth yeah I, okay <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah what we're gonna do now is we're going to go and do um our respective research on our topics and we're gonna be back shortly to share with you the information we learned back mm-hmm. 
what'd you find out, Jacob? I learned a lot of cool stuff. Did you? Yeah, I, I found I found some cool. Actually, um, what you guessed wasn't so far off to what I researched. I'm just going to be going into a couple more details about that. I'm you pretty are, smart. You are one smart man. I am smart. I'm proud of you, man. Thanks. I don't know a lot of things, but these weird, quirky facts about, especially your body, I guess. Yeah. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just curious. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, so um, my topic was on earwax mm-hmm. and generally if it's okay to like clean your ears. And this is what I found. So the official term, or I guess the technical term for earwax is cerumen. That's like the biological term. And it's the weird substance that obviously grows in your ears. And cerumen is a self-cleaning substance produced by the body. And it's primarily made up of, like you said, um, shedded skin. 16 per- or not 16, sorry. 60% of it is keratin, which is an important protein for hair and nails. And I such. did not know that. Yeah. That's weird. 20% of it is made from saturated and unsaturated fatty acids. Okay. Um, 10% cholesterol. Okay. Uh, I don't know which percent, but there's alcohol. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your body naturally produces a I little so. bit of alcohol? I guess so, yeah. Okay. And some other stuff that isn't as important. Gotcha. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but you did mention like genetics having a different part in the way your earwax yeah, is. Yeah, like genetics having a role in how your earwax forms exactly. and how it looks. Exactly. And so I ha- actually had a lot of white friends um, growing up and, you know, you're waiting in line at recess and they're standing in front of you and they're talking with you. And sometimes I noticed that they had like a reddish, orangish earwax texture. Yeah, it like kind of coated the whole inside layer of their ear. That's right. Like, and you would just see it. Like you don't even have to try. Right. And I feel like kids are just dirty that way. Yeah, yeah. And the thing was like I never had that. Like yeah. my earwax or the stuff inside my ear wasn't like red or brown. And so I always thought that was just just gross. Yeah, same. <laughs> I was like clean yourself, sir. Yeah. What is that? But then I learned that there are actually two genetically determined types of earwaxes. Mhm. The first one is the wet type. That's what it's literally called, the wet type. Mm. And um, the second one's called the dry type. Dry t- nice. Yeah. And the wet type is the dominant type where it's more common in black and white people. Okay. And the dry flaky type that you and I both just like have is mm. amongst most Asians and native people. Um, and so the deciding gene that causes the difference in the type of earwax is called the ATP binding cassette C11 gene mouthful but um wow sounds like a really nerdy music album yeah like kind of indie in <laughs> yeah s- in some says yeah and so basically in this gene um if it's primarily made up of this base called adenine it's mostly likely going to be dry but if it has a component of something called guanine i think i'm pronouncing that it's g-u-a and then nine i think yeah. it's guanine yeah you, you would know better yeah yeah guanine um it would be wet and the wet type is associated with armpit odor, which is increased by sweat production. And so this led to scientists concluding that reduction in sweat and body odor was beneficial to Asians because of the colder climate that we originate from. Oh, okay. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this goes for all of Asians, but most East Asians. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so that's basically like... A brief rundown of earwax but going on to the cleaning of earwax most of your ear actually self-cleans by the movement of your jaw 
So as long as you're like eating and talking, your ear should clean itself. Oh man, my ears must be super clean then because that's <laughs> all I do. Those two things. And how it works is the jaw movement as you're like moving your jaw up and down or left to right, it dislodges the debris from the walls of your ear and then it gathers up near the front of the entrance of your ear and then it just basically like falls out on its own. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so um, this is what experts say about ear cleaning according to the American Academy of Head and Neck Surgery Foundation. That's so specific. <laughs> yeah. They give three reasons as to why you don't need to clean out your ears with a cotton swab. Here's the first reason. First reason, like I mentioned before, your ear is self-cleaning. There isn't an actual need to clean your own ears unless you have like a condition or like an excessive amount that's just constantly building up in your ear. Like those kids from school? Yes, yes, exactly. Cool. Um, and so if you don't deal with that, your ear is fine and it's actually better off if you don't stick stuff down your ear. The second reason is that it can actually be dangerous for you and potentially harmful for you. If you stick it in too deep, you can damage your eardrum, which would impair your hearing. And because the ear naturally pushes out the debris, you can end up shoving the debris further in, making it closer to difficult in removing the earwax. Also, if you end up pushing an excessive amount near the eardrum, you can even get an ear infection, and you definitely don't want that. Okay, so I've heard that hundreds of times in my life, and that fact has never stopped me, or probably anyone yeah, ever. Yeah, probably not. And it's literally because I've never heard of cases where those consequences actually manifest. Right. So I wonder who they're referring to. Is, is this like a 0.001% of the population that just came in and they were like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like I just one day couldn't hear anymore. Right. And whoever was looking at that patient was right. like, it's because you clean your own ears yeah, yeah, yeah you should just let that build up and fall off on its but own. i will say like when i use a q-tip i'm actually very careful okay like i don't just like shove that thing in you know what i mean and kind of rapid fire i i kind That's of swirl <laughs> i think there were a couple of times where i could have said that so she said <laughs> yeah but it's just you know come on Nick. come on this is this is pg we don't know who's listening that's right i'm you sorry need to be mindful of sorry those things. you could edit that out <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna edit that, <laughs> but I have like a I have like a specific way of how I go about it in my ear. Okay, you know what I mean. And so I don't I don't know about you, but uh, I don't really have <laughs> a solid technique. I mean, I just kind of put it in. I'm mindful of not shoving it too far. That's in. right. That's right. <laughs> and I'm so maybe also... it's those people that just like have a high tolerance of pain and decide. You know what? I'm just gonna just gonna go all. I'm just in. gonna go for it today. <laughs> <laughs> it's wet even deep in there. Yeah. So I got to go in. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. Well, I feel bad for those people. Yeah. 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 Okay. And um, this, this is the third and last reason. We were talking a little bit about how, like, disgusting earwax is. So disgusting. But um, it is not actually a, a poor sign of hygiene. It acts as a moisturizer so your ears don't dry out. It does trap dirt and dead skin scales. Dead skin cells, so it doesn't reach your eardrums, and it prevents things like infections and stuff like that. And so, actually, if you have a healthy amount of earwax, it means your ears are healthy. Okay, but if you're Asian or just happen to be someone who has the dry type of earwax, right. I 100% recommend cleaning it with that stick with like the curved oh, end yeah. that we're talking yeah. like the yeah. hook yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. Just go to any, I feel like you can go to like any. Asian supermarket, right? Or and they like sell those variety yeah. store, yeah. And just pick one up, use it. If you have an SO, right. 
get them to do it for you if you know you have that kind of relationship yeah. you know a loving one yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah do it like i 100 recommend it right i would uh but i always forget about its existence until i guess we make a podcast episode yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i was gonna say like at the end of the day no one's gonna stop me from using those cotton swabs for my ears that's right it just it just feels too good. Yeah, it's like the best part of my, uh, I guess, resting. I, I don't know what to call it. Your wind down time. At exactly. Night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's. I think it's up there with uh, shoulder massages and also scalp massages at your local barber shop. Oh, I thought you were saying you get regular shoulder. No, and no, scalp no, no, no. I'm saying that physical sensation. It's like up there with. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if you ever were someone that cleaned your ear just because you thought it was dirty. Now you know that you don't have to, but if you're someone like me and Nick, clearly, and it just feels good, just keep shoving that thing down your ear. <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's right. Just don't do it too deep. That's awesome. What, that's what she said. That's the, oh my, Jacob, this is a PG I'm sorry, I'm sorry, podcast. Sorry, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm such a hypocrite. Yeah. Anyways, that's um, what I found about earwax. I hope that was a little insightful. Mm-hmm. It was. You. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Again, it's going to change no one's behavior, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Including ours. But now you know. Now we know. Now what can you tell us about bushfires? Yeah, so uh, as we said before, bushfires are a pretty regular occurrence in Australia. It seems pretty annual, actually. Uh, And it happens in their summers, which is around this time period uh, right now, like in in, uh, December, January. So our winters are their summers because they're in the southern hemisphere. Um, However, this year it's a bit special. It started earlier than usual, and it's obviously way more severe than ever before. Yeah. Uh, And I found this report by the BBC from January 10th, and I have... I just want to like say a quick update about the bushfires. So so far, twenty-seven people have been killed, including four firefighters. Oh my gosh! Fires. That's terrible. Yeah, and ten million hectares have burned. Which is 100,000 square kilometers. That's the size of Iceland. Oh my gosh. The whole country. That's how much of it is on fire. Oh my gosh. And to top it all off, Kangaroo Island, just uh, off the southern coast yeah. of Australia, yeah. it's also experiencing bushfires. And it's totally out of control. 25,000 koalas are estimated to have died as a no. result of the bushfires. Just from Kangaroo Island alone. And that's not so even the, counting... So there's, so there's more. Yeah, that's not even counting uh, all the koalas uh, in the mainland of Australia or all the other animals on Kangaroo Island. So it's going pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, anyways, I, I just want to, I guess, talk about bushfires more generally and, and inform our listeners about what bushfires are exactly since yeah. this is going on and it's important. So bushfires typically start as a result of lightning striking dry ground right. and leaving embers. Right. And in certain conditions, like if it's hot, dry, and windy, the embers can develop into a full-fledged fire, and it can actually travel at a crazy pace. Do you wow. want to guess at how fast fire travels in, say, a dry field of grass? Um, like the wind just picks it up and it goes? Yeah, so in kilometers per hour, uh, just gonna, give, it, give it a wild I'm guess. I'm going to say like... I think 
I think 70, 70, 80 is pretty fast. 70 to, oh, well, that's super fast. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, that's like, overshoot it? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like a speeding car. Okay. Yeah, uh, but anyways, uh, so Jacob thinks fire is super dangerous. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) I mean. Yeah, Uh, so the average person can run 9.8 kilometers an hour just to give you some baseline. Sure, Sure, yeah. And... A forest fire, not grass fire, a forest fire can spread at a rate of 10.8 kilometers an hour. So that's a whole kilometer per hour than the average running speed of a human right, being. Right. And grass fires, they spread at a rate of 22.5 kilometers an hour. Almost, which almost is, double. No, it's more, well, yeah, yeah, more yeah, yeah. than it's double. More than double. Yeah, oh, 9.8 kilometers an hour right. is the average running speed. So you literally cannot outrun fire. Yeah, in a oh. in a grass field or is in that the what happens, like to the casualties, like they like got uh, caught. I, I I guess I guess they didn't go into detail. Yeah, I would assume maybe a, a few of them at least passed away that way. Uh, I remember listening to a podcast by Malcolm Gladwell. It's called Broken Record. Have right. you heard of it? No, I haven't. No, yeah, he he interviews all these like prolific. Uh, I guess icons from the music industry. Right. And his very first episode, it was with Rick Rubin during the peak of the LA wildfires. If you remember that from like the tail end of 2018. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, at the time of the interview, commented that he had just lost his music studio. Right. And he actually didn't have time to retrieve anything because Mm -hmm. by the time he realized that the fire was on its way and about to destroy a studio, it was too late. Right. Yeah, the fire was just way too fast right. for him to react, and he pretty much just had to sacrifice everything. You know, his music equipment, his instruments, his records. It was just a huge loss. Uh, yeah, so fire travels at a crazy fast pace, and that's one of the main reasons why it's so hard to contain. Um, there's no amount of water or firefighters can put it out. can put it out like it doesn't match the the speed of how fast it's yeah spreading. absolutely not yeah um and another crazy aspect of bushfires i found was that bushfires can create more bushfires right. uh and it's not in the way that you would think so bushfires uh, as we said often get started by thunderstorms right and thunderstorms it if you don't know much about it it's pretty much the air uh, up up high in the sky, uh, cold air and hot air kind of moving past each other. And that friction creates uh, electrical right. um, charge to build up in the sky. And eventually there's that discharge in the form of lightning. Now, usually you need a hot weather system and a cold weather system right. for this to occur. But with bushfires and in the level that it is in Australia, the heat... Uh, itself from the bushfires down on the ground can act as the pretty much like cog in creating more thunderstorms. So you don't need a warm weather system anymore. You just need the heat from the bushfires and some cold air. And it creates more thunderstorms, more embers on the ground, and more potential for more bushfires. And it's just like a crazy cycle that seems unstoppable in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's... why it's so crazy and And impossible to stop yeah and that's why like people just don't see it coming it's super fast it forms from more thunderstorms it's yeah it's just unavoidable i might be missing something but with thunderstorms i assume there's rain yeah but does the rain not so like how do things catch on fire when they're like wet 
Yeah. 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 Uh, so the moisture in the air, uh, it doesn't necessarily fall down to the ground. Sometimes it just doesn't make oh, it. Oh, I see. Uh, and Australia is having a really hot and dry summer right now. Right. And sometimes it's just really about that hot air and cold air just rubbing uh, together mm-hmm. and creating that electrical charge. Right. So I don't know if you've ever experienced like, you know, even here in Toronto, just seeing a lightning storm. Right. But there's no rain or very little of it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that where there's just not enough moisture to counteract uh, just how hot and dry it is on the ground. Right. So the last thing I really want to talk about for this topic is, is this due to climate change? Mm. So a lot of, especially Australians, are asking this question. Um, and it's complicated. All the evidence suggests that climate change might play a role, but at the right. end of the day, it's really hard to know. Uh, but here are some facts about Australia right now that uh, have created kind of this perfect storm to uh, create all these bushfires um, and just pretty much wreak havoc on that whole country. So number one, Australia's climate has gone up by one degree Celsius on average since 1910. Uh, number every, two, every year? No, 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 no. Oh. Like just by one degree. Oh. But that's super significant in right. terms of like the, I guess, uh, broader outlook. Mm-hmm. Number two... 2019 was the hottest year on record in Australia. Okay. And it'll be interesting to see if, you know, 2020 or some year in the future beats this record and uh, if bushfires are even more severe because then you're kind of seeing a pattern and a correlation. And it might, uh, for (laughs) like no pun intended, it might add fuel to the fire of this climate change conversation. Right. And number three, uh, this is brand new to me. There's something called a positive Indian Ocean dipole going on right now. Okay. And yeah, all that really means is that the water on the west half of the Indian Ocean is warmer than the east half. Okay. And this dipole or this difference in temperature has never been greater. And this is a bit outside of the scope of this episode probably, but what this essentially means is that the cooler ocean waters near Australia... Mm. equates to less rainy weather systems. Okay. So uh, not a lot of precipitation hitting the ground. Um, And this also leads to less cooler weather systems. So rain has a cooling effect on wherever it hits. Right, right. And again, what this really means is this heat and this lack of moisture is just creating the perfect conditions for these bushfires to spread really quickly. Yeah, and that's what's going on in Australia right now. Just a whole perfect storm mm-hmm. and all these factors coming together. Right. Uh, yeah, just creating a lot of fires in that country. And yeah, they need a lot of help and prayer, man. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in for our first episode. It really means a lot to us. If you have anything you want to say about our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Handle is IHadNoIdea.podcast. Or send us something at IHadNoIdea.podcast at gmail.com. And that concludes our first episode. If you had no idea, now you do. See ya.